What's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE. Big dogs got to eat. We're talking running backs today. We're talking early, early, top of the food chain, elitist running back rankings. It doesn't get more important than running backs in fantasy football. It doesn't get more important than the first round of running backs in fantasy football. You hit on these guys, you got a league winner. You're straight to the championship. You miss, we'll see you next year. We're looking at a fucking animal-esque season. So today we're going to be breaking down, depending on how long I go for. I like to chop these up because I like to get in depth on most of the running backs. Because we can't fuck these up. We don't got leverage like that, okay? You need to hit on your first round running back. So we're going to go through possibly the top 10, maybe the top 6. We'll go with the flow and see where we end up. So today, top 6, fantasy football, 2021, early running back rankings. Tuck our shirts in. Stop yelling and let's eat. If y'all enjoyed the video at any point, make sure you hit the button that looks like this right down there. It's not the one that looks like this. It's the one right next to it. it looks like this. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're doing fantasy football stuff, both dynasty, season long, redraft, best ball, all that shit, all off season long. Number one, and I can't even believe this is a debate, but Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. I get it. He got hurt last year. He's not injury prone. He's not bad now. In fact, he was the best that he's ever been in the limited sample size that we have from last season obviously finishes as he's the rb 53 because he plays three games where does he finish in terms of points per game in those three games number one alvin kamara dalvin cook david montgomery and derrick henry what do these four running backs have in common they are the only running backs who finish with more 24.8 or more ppr point performances than christian mccaffrey this year Again, Christian McCaffrey played in just three games in 2020. You look back at Christian McCaffrey's 2019. That was his league-winning season. If you had him on your team, you won the chip. If you didn't win the chip, you're an absolute beta. In that season, he averaged 25.7 fantasy points per game. This year, he averaged 27.2. All right, quit the bullshit. We not with it. If for some reason, you know, he is involved in that Deshaun Watson trade to the Texans or whatever, we'll figure that out. We'll do a whole nother video on it. But for now, we expect him to be Carolina Panther, Christian McCaffrey, bike in action, premier elite 2019 christian mccaffrey 2021 fire him up running back one tier one elite that's it number two it's the big girl out of tennessee man is derrick henry king henry sat upon his throne running back number two overall number three in points per game 2027 yards on the ground 17 touchdowns this dude is matching the year with his rushing yardage total we're living in 2021 he's rushing in 2027 another year underwhelming through the air 19 receptions 114 receiving yards but who gives a shit the offense is going to be good again ryan Tannehill's playing lights out if there's anything that's going to have an impact on this offense it's going to be the departure of their offensive coordinator arthur smith to the atlanta falcons let's fucking go i'm a fan of that dude man they ran play action at the highest rate of any team in the nfl 36 0.5% play action rate, which is partly why Ryan Tannehill was so good and the offense was insanely efficient. Even with 17 touchdowns Derrick Henry had last year, that could have been way more. Ryan Tannehill threw 12 touchdown passes inside the five yard line last year. 12 touchdown passes inside the five yard line. He also rushed for two touchdowns inside the five yard line. It seemed like every time they were on the goal line, they play action, they hit the, the god Anthony Ferksker out there. Tight ends were racking up points in the red zone so that number could have easily went from 17 up to 22 up to 23 up to 24 for derrick henry that could be what we're looking at next year derrick henry is about as safe as it comes the passing upside is not there but like it the, what it doesn't fucking matter he's gonna get 350 carries and he's gonna break off 60 70 80 yard runs every third game and win you that week clear as day running back number two derrick henry other thing clear as day my vision 
because, and that is thanks in part to these glasses from Felix Gray. Okay, I stare at computer screens all day. I got a monster monitor right here. I've got my laptop down there. I've got a screen on top of my camera and I've got a cell phone right here. I'm inside of a screen 24 seven. When I first started running BDG, the brand, I was working like 14 hours a day doing this stuff. And by the end of the day, my eyes were like bleeding out of my face hole. My mom was like, are you, I've seen you all day. You've been working at the kitchen table, but I feel like you're doing drugs in front of me because your eyes look like you just snorted. Co I said, no mother, these screens will be the death of me. I had headaches before I went to sleep. I could barely sleep because my eyes are so fucking strained. And then I discovered Felix Gray and that all went away. I literally cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot endorse this brand and these glasses more for people that work on their laptop and look at their screens all day. They are blue light blocking glasses for those y'all. The blue light is emitted from these screens and they fuck up your head. They mess with your head and they mess with your eyes and they cause headaches and they are a problem when you're trying to sleep. You know, how every time you look up like, ah, I can't sleep, I've got insomnia or whatever. And the first thing on the list every time is like, stop looking at screens before you go to bed. Boom, this combats that problem. Wear these during the night, wear these when you start shutting the lights off. And guess what? The blue light coming from the screens will not mess with you anymore. If you are someone who gets eye strain, who gets headaches from looking at screens all day, who works in an offense environment where you're looking at screens for eight, 10, 12 hours per day, this will literally be the best investment you will ever make. I've been wearing these for like three, four, five years. That's when I found Felix Gray and they just found me. So they are the sponsor of today's video, but it could not be more of a natural fit because I love these. They actually also sent me these. I don't know if these fit my face so much, but they got a ton of, ooh, ooh. I'd be looking like a true fucking hipster straight out of Brooklyn with these bad boys on. They do not fit my face. We're going to rock the rest of the video with these on anyways to make you feel wildly uncomfortable. They have a ton of different styles on the website. These are, I believe, called the Hopper. These are also on the website. They got a ton of different styles. And the best part about these is like you can wear them. You know, they, they look good too. They look good too. Girls be looking at me like, oh, he actually looks smart. I know he's probably dumb as hell, but he looks smart. That's the thing. Most of the blue light glasses that you purchase online have these big orange frames. That's why I love Felix Gray because you could wear them in normal situations when you're out or when you're at a coffee store and not look like a crazy person. There's no orange tint. So you look smart, you're working smarter, and you're healthier. Your eyes will thank you. I promise you that. I'm going to link the Felix Gray website down below. I'm going to link it in the description. I'm going to link it in the comment section. Go check out the wide variety of glasses they have. They also are available if you have prescription glasses. So you can get that that combo. It's like the Christian McCaffrey of glasses. Not only are you getting the receiving and the rushing work, not only are you getting the prescription, but you're getting the blue light as well. You're getting the best of both worlds. I cannot recommend these enough. I love y'all. If you love me, you'll go check out Felix Gray. Link down below best purchase i've made in the last five years as the kids are saying no cap running back number three jonathan taylor of the indianapolis colts he finishes as the running back six overall number 10 in points per game after a miserably miserably slow start where we started giving up on him we said he's the next trent richardson as a rookie though man a lot of ups and downs, a lot of ebbs and flows. Taylor finished number three in the NFL in rushing yards, 1,169. Albeit, this was not a great rushing yardage season statistically, so I don't know how impressive that is. Kind of like saying like Snacks is the third best looking dude at the bar when the lights come on. Like when you throw in that little parameter at the end, it hits different because all the good looking guys already left. That's like the rushing yardage totals just aren't really there for running backs anymore because there's so much passing work going around. Nonetheless, he's a rookie, slow start, still finished third in the NFL in terms of rushing yards finished with 232 carries 1169 on the ground five yards per carry 11 touchdowns in the receiving game he was quite 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 efficient the volume might not have been there 41 targets 36 catches he caught 36 of 41 targets 299 yards and a tug he did this while playing on 47 percent of the cold snaps 47 percent of the cold snaps i really feel like i'm like 
I'm like running for office. Jonathan Taylor went on 47% of the snaps and thus he should be your... Plays on 47% of the snaps, which means other people taking snaps. Who, who was it? Who was it? It was Jordan Wilkins. It was Naeem Hines. Both of them are going to be biked for 2021. But once week 11 hit, it was like, you know, it took a while for them to, to gain trust in Taylor. He got a little banged up and then moved back down the depth chart and then moved back up the depth chart. What we saw from week 11 to week 17 and into the playoffs is what we should be expecting next year for the Colts in this backfield and Jonathan Taylor, where Jordan Wilkins became just a distant memory. Wilkins dropped off the face of the earth. He played on just 10% of the snaps from weeks 11 to 17, which is, you know, an eight, seven, eight guy. I can't do math. Game sample size there. So Wilkins was a non-factor. And this was a big year for all of these rookie running backs when you look at the playing time and how it was dispersed, right? When you look at Taylor, Dobbins, Swift, Akers, all took a while for them to get into their real role in this offense for their, uh, their offensive coaches to starting to trust them and then to play more efficiently on the ground it was a theme it was a theme this year so I'm not worried about how slow bo- uh, all these guys started as long as they finish strong and what we can project going into the next season so going back to like that week 11 spot week 11 hits and from that point forward Jonathan Taylor averages 22.3 touches per game including that playoff game he scores nine touchdowns in those final seven games that's why Taylor is such a dangerous player for fantasy next year and just going forward in general because he's got that size that 225 pound frame which means he's going to get almost all of the goal line work but he also has the speed the breakaway that home run playability where he can break off for a 50 yard touchdown on any given carry he's a wildly explosive runner he's ripping off more chunk plays than uber eats is ripping off customers delivery fee service fees customer fees fake news tax fees food fees fee fees jonathan taylor is the uber eats of fantasy football the way he's ripping shit off look at breakaway runs plays of 15 plus yards number two in the nfl breakaway run rate six percent so six percent of his carries went for 15 plus yards extremely high number in the nfl third in the nfl and runs of 40 plus yards tied for first in the nfl with 40 plus yard touchdown runs again he's a home run threat on any given down he's going to be a double digit touchdown player for the remainder of his rookie contract and going forward and one of the reasons we loved or the main reason that we loved the landing spot in indianapolis was that offensive line you pair him up with quentin nelson and the rest of the guys up front them thick boys run blocking efficiency number four in the nfl per player profiler They were number three per PFF in run blocking grades. If there's one red flag for Jonathan Taylor here, it's obviously the quarterback position, okay? Phillip Rivers is retired, and Phillip Rivers is notoriously known as one of the the best and most voluminous screen game quarterbacks of all time. So what happens to JT in the receiving game, right? That's not what really bolstered his numbers. He had 41 targets, 299 yards, and a touchdown. So it was a nice little boost because he was so efficient in that aspect of the game. But that's not what that's not why you draft Jonathan Taylor. When we look back at last year, the Colts passed the ball to the running backs at a rate of 25%. Only the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Saints passed the running backs at a higher rate. The NFL average was 17%. 17% and they pass it to the running backs at a rate of 25% and we know that work even that number one is going to come down probably to the 22 21% range that's still being split between Taylor and Naeem Hines so he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have some problems in the receiving game as per the quarterback I don't know what's gonna happen it looks like they're gonna push strongly to sign someone in free agency they offered something to the Eagles for Carson Wentz I believe it was two second round picks which they denied I think if they get desperate like worst case scenario I, I could see them ending up with Carson Wentz best case scenario is they sign someone else that's not Carson Wentz and I think they're going to do through free 
free agency. This is not a team that is built to rebuild. They're not a team that's going to be looking to draft a, a rookie quarterback and then develop it for a couple of years. They're ready to win now. They're going to grab a quarterback. So overall, I'm not overly concerned about Jonathan Taylor. There's nothing on this outlook that I'm overly concerned about when it comes to Jonathan Taylor. He's in the same tier as Derrick Henry and the guy that we'll talk about next at number four, as long as they're not starting like Jacob Eason at quarterback next year. Let's move to number four. That's Dalvin Cook, running back three overall and running back three in points per game. Played in 14 games this year. So now we have back-to-back seasons in which he's finished as the running back three. Also back-to-back seasons in which he's played 14 games. 312 carries this year, 1,557 yards on the ground, 16 rushing touchdowns, 54 targets, 44 receptions, 361 receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown. Offense runs through him, obviously. He has that league-winning fantasy running back upside that very, very, very few guys actually have nowadays. Now, the reason that he's below the Derrick Henrys and the Jonathan Taylors is, is simply, you know, him being able to stay on the field. I feel a lot more confident in those guys and me getting the full 16 games in my first round fantasy running back or in my top five fantasy pick or whatever, right? He's number four. So he'll probably be the number four player off the board for me in terms of my rankings. These will move obviously as the, as the weeks and the months go by, depending on reports and different free agency movements and NFL draft movements and shit like that. But for right now, Dalvin Cook, whereas he seems to wear down and break down a little bit as the season goes by, these other guys, not only are they staying healthy, but they seem to be getting better. The Jonathan Taylors, the Derrick Henrys, those guys of that size and stature seem to be getting more fucking vicious as they enter those double-digit weeks. Dalvin Cook, good as any running back in the NFL. One of the best pure runners and one of the most explosive players in the NFL. The one change that we... We'll see this year in Minnesota that the Vikings hired Clint Kubiak as the offense coordinator, takes over for his father, Gary Kubiak, who retired last month. As per team reports, I mean, Clint is 33 years old, so they're just literally just handing it off to his son. That's whatever. The Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer, reportedly wanted to keep the team's offense in place, so the younger Kubiak will allow Kirk Cousins and company to keep the same offensive language and concepts in 2021. Clint spent two seasons as the Vikings quarterback's coach after three seasons as Denver's quarterback's coach. So again, they've relayed that they want to keep the offense the same. I don't think much is going to change in terms of the offense that they've got going on here in Minnesota. Even if they go a little bit more pass heavy, Cook is a phenomenal pass catcher, and that will probably just mean a little bit of an uptick in his receiving game, which I am fine because even if volume drops a little bit, volume will go up in the passing game. And every time you get a target, it's much more valuable than just a simple carry on the ground. So Cook's in the same tier as, as Taylor, Henry, whatever way you want to flip, flop, and move those guys around, I'm fine with that. Now, number five... Alvin Kamara at the 108. Alvin Kamara had sort of a roller coaster season this year for fantasy for fantasy owners who were rewarded with drafting him in the first round with the number one overall running back in fantasy. A lot of that had to do with the absolute scorching red hot start he had to the year over the first month of the season, as well as that six touchdown week 16 game. Number one overall running back in fantasy. Final stat line, 187 carries, 932 rushing yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, 107 targets, 83 catches, 756 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns. So he sets career highs in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, targets, receptions, receiving yards, and ties his career high for receiving touchdowns. Started absolutely red fucking hot out of the gate, as I said. He scored seven touchdowns in his first four games, averaged almost 140 total yards from scrimmage and seven and a half receptions per game. He's almost single-handedly leading your team to a 4-0 start out the gate. So things slowed down a little bit, but even on the non-touchdown scoring games, he was giving you a floor of like 18 PPR fantasy points per game, and then Drew Brees gets hurt. And this is why things get so interesting for Alvin Kamara, because Brees gets hurt, Taysom Hill takes over as the starting quarterback for the next four games while Brees is sidelined. And the splits were cheek-clapping. 
On the left, you see the four games with Taysom Hill as the starter. On the right, you see the 11 games in which Taysom Hill was not the starter. Half PPR fantasy points per game with Hill, 12.95. Half PPR fantasy points per game without Hill, 25.91. Almost double, actually more than double, even in PPR, because the reception numbers went down from 6.6 to 2.5. He didn't have a single receiving touchdown with Hill under center. His targets dropped from 8.3 down to 4. His receiving yardage was abysmal. Saw about the same volume in terms of rushing attempts and rushing yards, but the receiving game is what took such a big hit, because Taysom Hill, instead of dumping off, he'd rather run with the ball. Where Kamara gets drafted this year and where I have him ranked is going to change wildly depending on what happens in the quarterback situation. Now, New Orleans is in cap space hell. They are like $90 million over the cap right now. Drew Brees, he retires. I believe he's going to wipe like $30 million off that cap space. But it begs the question, what happens next year? Because they got to make a lot a lot of other moves, right? They're going to have to get rid of a lot of key pieces here, not just Drew Brees. They still have $60 million after Brees leaves. Taysom Hill is signed through 2021, $16 million would be the cap hit to have a starting quarterback, which is a phenomenal number in today's day and age where everybody, like backup backup quarterbacks get $16 million a year. What happens with Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston played under a million dollar contract this year, which is unheard of for any sort of reputable quarterback. Jameis Winston, they've basically said all offseason. Sean Payton, New Orleans front office, they've been very, very vocal about wanting to bring Winston back and let him rip under center. Can they get a deal done is the question. And like more often than not in the NFL, teams make the money work somehow. But Winston, again, just played under a million dollar contract. So I'm going to guess he wants to get paid this year because he basically just played for free to sit and learn under Drew Brees and probably wants to be rewarded for it. And if there's any team that can't pay him for it, it is the New Orleans Saints. Unless Jameis Winston really believes in himself and he wants to sign another prove-it deal, whether it's one year or maybe like a two-year team-friendly contract, that could be the case. Because he would, if he plays well and he does believe in himself and he's actually still somewhat good, he's going to put himself in a really, really good situation a year or two years from now to get a fat contract where he's still only like 27, 28 years old and be the face of the franchise for the New Orleans Saints and under Sean Payton, a very enviable position to be in. So obviously as fantasy players, like we want Jameis Winston under center, right? Because he'll throw the ball, he'll he'll pass the ball. He's not afraid to take chances down the field. This offense will be a lot more high tempo. There will be a lot more passing volume overall to go around. Also, he's not going to eat up 35% of the offensive plays by running the ball while under quarterback. No scrambling, especially not on the goal line, which is what Taysom Hill does. The other note here is that even if they bring Winston back, I really do think this is going to be like a quarterback by committee. I still think Taysom Hill is going to play a very, very big role, a bigger role than he did when Drew Brees was starting. So it's going to be a very weird, a very odd, a very interesting situation to kind of monitor and, and to see what happens throughout. But Alvin Kamara is going to swing a lot depending on what happens in that starting quarterback situation. He's as talented as any running back in the NFL right now, and he's still in the same perfect position he's going to be here for a while he got that contract extension uh, but if Taysom Hill's under center it obviously hurts his upside and just the involvement in the receiving game overall so he is number five right now he can go all the way up to like three two whatever but he could probably drop back to around you know seven eight in that range next up number six number six number six the final player on this list I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna executive decision dictator decision we're gonna cut off at six and then next week's we'll go seven through twelve where shit starts getting real interesting because we got a lot of these rookie running backs you know you got this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The Cam Akers, you got the... DeAndre Swifts, you got the J.K. Dobbins mixing in with some of the veterans. So things will get interesting as I do my research throughout the week. Make sure you're following me on Twitter because I'll be tweeting out some nuggets from the research that I do throughout the week. But number six, should be no surprise here. Most people are going to probably rank them up at like running back two or whatever. Now this RB6 ranking is has absolutely nothing to do with me thinking that Saquon Barkley is injury prone. I don't think he's injury prone. However, we have actual science to back up the injury that he suffered last year and what that means for his timetable and what he'll probably be like in the year of 2021. So week one of last year, playing against Pittsburgh, he carries the ball 15 times for six yards. Week two, they play against Chicago, and boom, guy tears his ACL, his MCL, and his meniscus. He's leaving this sour taste in all of these fantasy owners' minds, right? You know, their mouths, their minds. Can you have a sour taste in your mind? I don't, know, I don't know how that works. But if it's possible, Saquon Barkley did it to y'all. Don't you ever, ever, ever forget that Saquon Barkley went for 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 15 touchdowns as a rookie. Don't you ever fucking forget that. But the injury, the injury, right? It's not just the normal ACL tear. It's the meniscus, it's the MCL, and it's the ACL. Tears it in week two. And we know if you've been following my channel at all, we are we are advocates of not drafting someone straight off the ACL tear. We like to draft them two years removed from the ACL tear when they can get back to full 100% physicality as well as a mental standpoint, okay? So when Saquon Barkley tears his ACL, we know this from a scientific timetable standpoint, a nine to 12 month recovery to full, hopefully 100% recovery. Tricky part is this, right? You say, oh, nine to 12 months from week two is right around the beginning of the NFL season next year. However, because he tore these other things, the MCL and the meniscus, he, he let the MCL heal on its own. He also needed to give it time for the meniscus and the swelling around the ACL to go down in order to operate and have that surgery. So while he had the ACL tear in week two, they did not operate on the ACL for another month. So you're looking at not a week two to next regular season timetable on that return. You're looking at more so in the week six, seven, eight range because they had to let the swelling go down in these other parts that he tore heal. So when you hear that, like a player tore all this other shit up, that's the reason it's concerning. It's not because like we're not worried about long-term and MCL or a meniscus tear. We're worried because now you have to give extra time before we can actually operate on the ACL, which means extra time on the back end of that rehab and that timetable for coming back at full strength. And the problem that I have with this is, you know, we've talked to Dr. Morse a lot and he's worked with a lot of athletes in the professional sports range. He talks about how a lot of them don't get back to 100% mental health, right? Like having full confidence in that leg after an ACL tear. It takes two years to get back to it. And I would argue that Saquon is probably the most 
if not if not the most one of the most instinctual runners in the NFL in terms of what I mean by that is his he relies purely on his instincts and he relies purely on his legs to do a lot of the the crazy things that you see him do those one cut jumps and and just the crazy agility that he has he does that because he has a hundred percent confidence in his legs that they'll do that without question if he has even the slightest hesitation he's not going to be the same Saquon Barkley that we've been used to that being said Saquon Barkley is just 24 years old he is so young and we give a little bit more leeway a little bit more leverage to these younger players because they can recover quickly. And if there's anybody in the NFL that can have an Adrian Peterson-like return from an ACL tear, it is this fucking cyborg that we know as Saquon Barkley. I will be monitoring this rehab about as closely as I can, about as closely as I have any rehab in fantasy football since I've been doing this YouTube shit. If all the rehab is positive, if we're seeing videos of him coming out and doing cuts and looking perfectly fine, he'll move all the way up my rankings, okay? But I tend to side on injury pessimism over optimism because a lot of y'all are just so fucking optimistic about every injury and more often than not it comes back to bite you in the ass but again i will leave you with don't ever forget what you looking at woman don't ever forget that saquon barkley went for over 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 15 touchdowns as a rookie as a rookie as a motherfucking rookie. that's what we got for y'all today next week's we will cover 7 through 12 if you enjoyed the video today make sure you hit that thumbs up button Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. And make sure you go check out Felix Gray, man. I'm telling you, as a friend, this is not this is not me trying to pitch you. This is not me trying to get you to buy some shit. As a friend, I suggest these to all of my friends. You see Noah, those cheap-ass blue lights that he got from Amazon. Those shit makes him look out of control. I'm going to get him a nice pair of Felix Gray. I suggest you get a pair of Felix Gray. If you got a loved one, if you got a husband or a wife or a son or whatever, and you see their eyes bleeding out the fucking face holes because all they do is stare at screens all day, Felix Gray, get the blue light. If you got prescription, they got them on there as well. If you're curious about the styles that I have, again, these are called the Hopper in black. These are more respectful. I can go into a library and pull any woman I want with these bad boys on. I love y'all. I'm out. Hearing this, you're listening to the podcast version of this episode. I just want to give a quick shout out to those that leave a rating and review. It's very much appreciated. So go do so on iTunes and you could be featured on thy next episode. This one is from Saji, S-A-U. G-I-E-33. I love that name. Straight to the point. Five stars. I appreciate you. It seems like everyone's doing a 45 plus minute podcast these days. This type of compact detail is perfect for people like me that have a short attention span in today's world. Really respect and appreciate the work and delivery that you and your crew do. I mean, I don't know if you're listening to the same podcast that I'm spitting out right now because I feel like I'm never getting to the point. But regardless, if you feel that way, I appreciate you. Thank you for the rating and review. Make sure y'all drop into the iTunes store and do the same to be featured next week. I'm out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.